You're listening to the Straight Up Saints Podcast. And welcome inside the Straight Up Saints Podcast, the very first episode under this name. Same content as always with your host, Chris Rosvogel. But like I told you guys for the last about two to three weeks, there's going to be a little bit of a name change just so it's easier for branding um, and just a little bit catchier as well and easier for Twitter handle and Instagram handles, much easier, which by the way, you can follow me on Twitter at Rosvogel Report and Instagram at Saints underscore straight up. Also, if you're not a supporter of the podcast and you want to become one, you can for as little as 99 cents a month, which is a pretty good deal. If you ask me, it helps me with getting more interviews with Saints players, which by the way, there will be one in this episode with Saints linebacker Caden Ellis. So stay tuned for that towards the end of the show um, and future ones as well. And I'll be targeting more Saints players for you guys, um, as well as Saints beat reporters, um, NFL draft prospects, which had a couple already on the show, but all that good stuff. So make sure to become a supporter of the straight up saints podcast now let's get into the number one topic going on with the saints right now and that's jimmy graham uh some of you are probably ready to punch a hole in the wall the rest of you are probably uh you know crossing your fingers hoping jimmy graham comes back but whatever side of the spectrum you're on let's just get down to business and talk about the facts Jimmy Graham had a great time in New Orleans. It was a really solid run. The way it ended was not ideal at all. It did not end on the best possible terms. Um, and the idea of Jimmy Graham returning and reuniting with Drew Brees and Sean Payton, it's one of those feel-good stories. But if we're being realistic, Drew Brees, uh, excuse me, not Drew Brees, Drew Brees has been great still. Jimmy Graham in the past four seasons, the numbers continue to go down. And let's just look at the stats. 2016, he had 923 receiving yards. The following season dropped all the way down to 520 yards. Then he goes to Green Bay when fans thought he'd go to New Orleans, and when he spurned them, the hatred came out again. And I don't, I don't blame you guys. You got upset. Um, I never wanted Jimmy Graham back in the first place, so I wasn't too mad about it. But the way it seemed like he was going to return and then went to Green Bay definitely hurt us. So he goes to the pack. What does he do? 636 receiving yards so actually up from 2017 a slight improvement and then he hits you with the stinker uh 33 receptions for 447 yards with the Packers he was a no-show his uh number one moment with Green Bay was just dropping an absolute dime from Aaron Rodgers like that was his number one moment um in the fans eyes Packers fans were sick of him they were ready for them to cut loose he's going to hit the open market because believe it or not he was the highest paid tight end this season and the numbers that I'm reading to you show He's not even a top 10 tight end. So you can't afford to pay him that money. They're letting him go. He'll be a free agent. And at 33 years old, it's fair to ask, how many years does Jimmy Graham have left? Is Jimmy Graham committed to the grind of football that comes with it? Um, Remember when Drew Brees came back, the first thing he said was, you know, the grind and the process will be worth it because of the reward at the end of it. I don't know if guys like Jimmy Graham are fully committed. That said, if Jimmy wants to come back, I do think the best place for him is New Orleans. And that doesn't mean I want him. I've stated on Twitter, and I'll state it again. If you're asking me would I sign Jimmy Graham, my answer would be no. I think he's burnt too many bridges. I think Jared Cook is way better than Jimmy Graham at this stage in their careers. And they don't need another tight end who's more of a passing target and a red zone option than anything else. What they really need is a guy who can play a little bit of H-back, a little bit of fullback, um, can play tight end, like Kyle Juszczyk from the 49ers. Like That's the perfect fit for the Saints right now. Um, That said, if you're Jimmy Graham, you're 33 years old, you're towards the end of your career, you haven't been playing well, and let's be real, no one really is on his side right now. Seattle fans didn't care for him that much. 
Green Bay fans are literally packing his bags for him so he could get the heck out of Wisconsin. Um, and Wisconsin usually welcomes you in. They don't got many people. So the fact that they're pushing Jimmy Graham out shows you how much they don't like him. So if they're doing that, where do you go? Well, how about the place where, one, you fit right in, you know the offense. Two, you're playing with the most accurate quarterback of all time. And three, you're playing with a coach and a quarterback who know how to use Jimmy Graham. I think the, the oddest thing about how Jimmy's career turned out once he left New Orleans was that neither Pete Carroll or LaFleur or Mike McCarthy, for that matter, um, or Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers, all these big names that I'm bringing up, none of them realized how Jimmy was effectful with the effective, excuse me, with the Saints. And I get it. He had the, the, the patella tendon injury, he had a couple of knee injuries, a couple of ankle injuries, and any lower body injuries for a guy like Jimmy, who's an athletic freak, jumps out of the gym, catches over to the top. Any lower body injuries really hurts. I get it. But it is fascinating that Seattle wanted him to put his hand in the dirt and even if he was going to be a decoy, learn how to block. And Green Bay didn't want to just put him out wide and let him go to work in those one-on-one situations. The Saints, for all the criticism that they got for trading Jimmy Graham and the way that relationship ended, they used him the best. And that's not even... um, an argument or take that's a fact the saints use jimmy graham the best that's the reason why he got that big contract he's the reason he was such a big name in the nfl for so many years and that's the reason why his best season he had 16 touchdown receptions like what's the one thing that those haters on michael thomas get on they say oh well you know can't guard mike doesn't have that many touchdown receptions a game jimmy graham had nine uh, had 16 excuse me in one season i think at 12 and another like jimmy graham was that guy with new orleans and The only reason why I'm so out on this move is because the one thing I learned from Jimmy is that when it matters most, when it's a big game, when the DBs get physical, he doesn't show up. So am I supposed to believe at 33 years old, at the end of his career, uh, Jimmy Graham's going to show up and he's going to play in those big games? Probably not. The argument and the flip side of all this is, does Jimmy Graham come back and say, I'll play 15 snaps a game and be effective in the red zone and except a role where it's probably only another 400 receiving yards, but guess what? I catch six to seven touchdowns. Like, can you sell him on that role? And if you can, and he's cheap, maybe I'll agree with you. But if you're telling me, let's pay Jimmy Graham and bring him back, absolutely not. I I don't think that's something you have to do. He would be more of a luxury than a necessity, and I think people have to remember that because Jimmy is at the end of his career. And I'm going to say this for everyone, and, and you can disagree if you want. If you disagree, please let me know. I think Jimmy Graham's closer to retirement than he is a resurrection in terms of his career. Like, he's not reviving his career unless he goes back to New Orleans and all the cards fall in his place. And I don't know if that's going to be the, you know, that, I don't know if that's going to happen. It's really tough. Um, but overall, like I said before, if you're saying, Chris, would you sign Jimmy Graham? My answer is no. But I get why you guys want him back. At least some of you. Not all of you, but at least some of you. There's that nostalgia factor There's that feel-good story about a kid who was left with nothing and built himself up into an all-pro tight end. Like, those are feel-good stories. But the Saints trying to win a championship, and I don't know if Jimmy Graham's that piece. If they get him, though, and I tweeted this today, and I fully stand with it. I I will not go away from that stance. If the Saints do sign him, though, I'm not going to get mad about it. I, I guess I would understand it from the fact that you want some depth. But... Let's not just get on this, oh, we must sign Jimmy Graham train. I think that'd be a little bit ridiculous. Now, let's switch gears here. Before I get into the interview with Caden Ellis, let's just switch gears and talk about Teddy Bridgewater, a guy who 
is going to end his relationship with the Saints on excellent terms. We're talking about a guy who saved the season, kept them afloat when Drew went down. There's rumors about him going to Tampa Bay, and I addressed this, uh, I believe, last episode about why he isn't a perfect fit. And I'm still a little skeptical about it. I I just don't get it. Um, I don't think he fits Bruce Arians' gunslinger-type offense, but heck, if that's what he wants to do, go for it. Uh, What I will say is this. If that's the move and Teddy goes there, I think it's going to make things very interesting with Saints fans. How do they perceive Teddy? Um, What's the reaction when he comes back to New Orleans? Because they'll face twice a year. So just those type of things that go through my mind. Just very interesting. Um, And I asked you guys before, and I've said it on Twitter multiple times, and I think you guys have agreed with me. Teddy to a division rival just wouldn't fit right. Like After all that he's done and how great he's been for the city, if he goes to division rival, it's going to hurt a little bit in the sense that he's he's developed such a bond. Like if he goes to the Chargers, I think people are going to root for him. I think you have Saints fans are like, all right, Saints won at one o'clock. Chargers are playing at four twenty-five. Let's put on the game and watch Teddy. I I could see some fans doing that. I'll probably do it. So let's just hope he doesn't end up going to the Bucks for that lone reason. Like I don't want to root against the guy. He's a good dude. Um, but I do wish him all the best. Now, before I get into the interview with Caden, just a couple of things that I've been hearing around the league, and uh, I tweeted them out for you guys, of course, but from my three sources that I heard from, let's just put them down. First one, James Morgan, FIU quarterback. Saints, from what I heard from a source, they're going to work him out. Like, they want to work him out before the draft. They like his intangibles. They didn't meet with him at the Combine, but they did meet with him at the East-West Shrine Bowl. That's what I've been hearing. Um, switching over to tight end, Josiah DeGuara. I have an interview up with him that you guys can check out um, on the spun. But he told me this. He didn't meet with the Saints staff, all of them. But he did have a good meeting with Dan Campbell at the Combine. And I think that's very important because Dan Campbell's a smart dude. He was an interim coach. The Saints can let Dan go meet with DeGuara and they could trust him and you know really like his opinion what he has to say. So um, I'd be very interested to hear what he has to say about that for sure. Um Now, last little piece of news here for you guys that you're only going to get on this podcast um, is A.J. Green, not from the Cincinnati Bengals, A.J. Green, the cornerback from Oklahoma State, uh, spoke to him yesterday, actually, so this is direct source right here from the man himself, and he was telling me that he met with Aaron Glenn and Sean Payton at the Senior Bowl, didn't meet with them at the Combine, but his conversation with Aaron Glenn and Sean Payton, he said it went very well. Um, He's a long physical corner. His 40 times not going to impress you, ran a 4.62, not great. But he's 6'1", he's long, he's athletic, um, and he uses his hands really well. The corner that I think he could I wouldn't say he's going to hit that ceiling because you never know, but the guy who he likes, he told me he tries to model his game after, is Darius Slay. So uh, definitely a thing to watch out for there and a player to look forward to because the Saints do need help at corner. So maybe he's an option in the draft. Now, without further ado, let's get to that interview with Caden Ellis here on the Straight Up Saints podcast. Now, Caden, for you, those that don't remember, uh, suffered an injury last year in the third week of the season against Seattle, torn ACL. Um, A lot of potential in this kid. We're talking about an athletic, rangy linebacker who has potential to play inside, which is huge. Inside linebackers are not easy to find. The Saints found this kid in the seventh round from Idaho. His dad um, was a very good NFL player. Uh, I believe a Pro Bowl in his own right. So, I really like Caden. I know you guys do too. So let's get into that interview with the sec- soon-to-be second-year linebacker. All right, joining me now inside the Straight Up Saints podcast is Saints linebacker Caden Ellis. First off, Caden, how are you feeling? How's the knee doing? And where are you in your recovery? Hey, Chris. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, um, I'm doing well. Uh, the one's beautiful. It has been beautiful for a while now. Sun's out. So that always uh, makes for a good day. And 
um, recoveries well. Uh, working down here with the uh, the staff and they're uh, they're doing an awesome job, really helping me uh, get back uh, better than I've ever been. So uh, I'm doing great. Now this might be a little too early in advance to ask you, but do you think you might be ready for OTAs, or is that something you have to wait and see? You know, it's definitely uh, as soon as it happened, we had to get surgery. Uh, it was uh, it's kind of been a goal of mine. Um, we're still working towards that goal. Uh, we got a little while longer to uh, to see how a couple more things go, and uh, I'll let the uh, the staff make that decision for me. But it's definitely a goal. Now, this past season, it kind of ended in heartbreaking fashion for you guys. Um, a tough loss in playoffs. What do you think this Saints team needs to get over that hump, win a couple of playoff games, and obviously reach your ultimate goal of uh, you know winning a Super Bowl? Man, uh, I know there's uh, always things you can get better at, and uh, I think that's what this uh, organization is so uh, so consistent in. Um, it's my little time being here, from the years prior, watching outside and seeing their success. Um, you know, I think just keep doing uh, what we're doing uh, and, and keep finding the, the little areas, the, the little things that can uh, help push us over the edge. Um, I know the leaders and the coaches and the staff here will ensure that those things get brought up. They'll ensure that everybody knows about them and ensure that we're working on them as, uh, as hard as we can be. And, um, I know the sky's the limit. Now, speaking of the coaching staff, linebackers coach Mike Nolan, he left and he goes to Dallas now. Um, how much of an impact do you think his departure is going to have on your defense? And and kind of a two-part question for you here. What do you think about um, Michael Hodges, who was promoted now to linebackers coach? What can you tell Saints fans, one, about the departure of Nolan, and two, um, what you feel about Hodges moving forward? Yeah, Coach Nolan, uh, amazing guy, uh, great coach. And, uh, sad to see him go, but also happy for him and the uh, um, know he's on to uh, to do some things that he wants to accomplish, and um, same goes for organization. Uh, so excited about Coach Hodges getting the promotion. Um, he's an amazing guy. He has such a hunger and a, and a passion to get better every day and to make everybody around him, all his players and, uh, and all the coaches as well. He's just trying to make everybody better, trying to help him the way he can, and trying to push us all. So um, the move, I think, is uh, I mean, it is what it is. It's the business. Um, but I'm also very excited where we are. I'm super excited to have Coach Hodges running this room. And uh, I know the other guys are too. He's a, he's a great guy with a wealth of knowledge and uh, an unrivaled passion. Uh, so I'm very excited. So basically when, when you guys heard Drew's coming back for you know season number 20, were you guys surprised at all? Or yeah. were you guys basically like, ah, we kind of figured he'd be back? <laughs> See, I uh, maybe I might not know as well as some other guys, but I was kind of uh, I wasn't sure. <laughs> I mean, I, I really didn't know. Uh, I I felt like he was being completely honest when he said he was uh, going to take some time and and uh, really look and, and decide and pray and, and make those decisions. And uh, when uh, when we saw it, uh, I was in the weight room, and uh, me and all the sprint coaches, all the trainers, and the other guys in there started celebrating and high fiving because uh, we're excited to have that man back. He's uh, one of the greatest to ever play. He's so passionate, such a great leader, and, and such a fun guy to be around day in and day out. So having him back for another year is, is going to be a blast. Going to make it a, a really great ride. That's awesome. Now, um, I'm going to take you back to your high school days real quick because I found this ridiculously <laughs> interesting. Like, I thought it was amazing. So, um, you were a triple option quarterback in high school. How, you know, playing that position, do you think it made your transition to linebacker easier? Like, what was the deal there? Um, I missed the last part of the question, but I, I think I understand it. Uh, the, yeah, playing triple option quarterback was, uh, man, it, it was a lot different than going to college and all of a sudden playing linebacker. Uh, was a new challenge, um, but at the end of the day, I think uh, they were both uh, very reactive positions. I mean, triple option. You got to, uh, I mean, most offense you kind of know what you're doing, but uh, you got to react and, uh, and react real quick to, to what the line does. You're your read guy, and 
Um, I guess I'm sure it helped me in some ways, and I'm sure there's some other things that created some bad habits that I had to fix. Uh, but uh, thankful to all my coaches over at Idaho, Coach Brown and everybody that, uh, that helped me uh, pick up the linebacker position and now here uh, advancing it even further. So, uh, yeah, it was it was fun. It was, it was a good time in high school. Now, during your rookie season, was there any player in particular on defense that was like your mentor, whether it was on or off the field? And I've said this before, but it, it'd kind of be a, a dishonest and a dishonor to the other guys if I were to single one guy out because um, every single uh, vet in the room really did uh, take me under their wing in a way, shape, or form. Even guys that aren't here anymore, like uh, Vince Beagle and Darnell Sankey, um, then you got Tamario and Alex and AJ and Craig and Kiko came in and Steph. I mean, everybody that came in Manti, like, it's uh, they all gave me bits and pieces and nuggets that I could take and, and really uh, move forward with. And not one of them has been shy. Any question I've ever asked, they've all answered. And uh, seeing their work ethic every day is probably the best part about it. Um, just seeing how passionate they are about it, how hard they work and how smart they are, um, what they do to get there. It's, uh, it's great to be around. So looking ahead to the, your second season in the NFL, what's your mentality going in there? Is it I need to start? Is it um, I need to get better at this area of your game? What is it? Oh, man, I, there's, a, there's a lot of things, obviously. I, I have my goals set in front of me. Um, but at the end of the day, it's uh, kind of like I said, really getting better at the little things, getting better at uh, one thing at a time and uh, daily. Um, I, I know it's kind of a boring answer, but that, that, that's really what it is. It's uh, trying to learn. I'm again, what these guys have shown me in the film room and taking care of your body and the things off the field and uh, the mentality, uh, what you're doing to study and not just study football, but study life and, and uh, stay grounded. Um, really trying to work on all those things because at the end of the day, you're going to have to become a complete player to have a lot of success in this league. You're going to have to be a complete person to have a lot of success in this league. That's something I found. I mean, looking at Demario, just how grounded he is, how well-rounded he is, then how much success he has on the field. Uh, and the things he puts into it. So uh, I'm really trying to, to imitate them in a lot of ways and, and do some things on my own. But uh, at the end of the day, it's uh, one step at a time. Just trying to you know, take every little trait and get it a little better. Now, last question for you, Caden, a little bit specific here. From year one to year two in the NFL, what's the one area of your game, if you had a pick, that's the spot where you want to improve on? I want to improve a lot in my, uh, I said pass coverage, you know, uh, just the dropping. I felt like I did some good things in the run game. Uh, but I've uh, talked to coaches, and then I know that it's an area that I need to uh, continue to improve in. And uh, that's what I'm going to keep doing. I'm studying it, and I'm trying to get this leg back so I can get back on the field and uh, and run around a little bit. So that's that's definitely what I'm working on. Well, that sounds great. Anyway, Caden, uh, thank you so much for taking the time to do the podcast, do the interview. Um, and I wish you all the best moving forward to your second season, man. Thanks so much, Chris. It means a lot. Have a great one. And once again, that's Saints linebacker. Caden Ellis, who is going to enter his second year in the league and is hoping that he can recover from his injury and make an impact for that Saints defense, which needs more athletes at the linebacker spot outside of Demario Davis. There isn't that much stability at the moment, but if Caden's healthy, if Alex Anzalone's healthy, that's a really athletic and explosive unit. Um, and they could add depth within free agency or the draft. We'll see what happens, but definitely a position group that has potential moving forward. But that's going to do it for this episode of Straight Up Saints. Uh, make sure to like, subscribe, and rate the podcast if you like it. If you you know you love the interviews going on right now and you want to see more, make sure to you know as I said, subscribe, become a, a supporter. Uh, if you you know feel kind enough to donate uh, ninety nine cents a month, you can become a supporter of the Straight Up Saints podcast. But until then, guys, uh, I'll have a new episode out 
sometime early next week and that's actually gonna be with new equipment so we're gonna have a couple of new gadgets and gizmos to unleash here um but until then guys take care and i'll see you next time when we're talking straight up saints